What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Cut. Christian, Sean, Randy here for all of your mediocre fantasy football advice. Calendar is almost turning to August. Uh, the NFL and NFLPA has agreed on a protocol, so there will be a season. I don't remember if in our last episode we talked about that yet. I can't remember what day that was. The days all kind of run together for me with no job. Yay. Um, how are we doing? I'm doing well, man. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. No, 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 no. Hang on. That was like a shot at myself. That wasn't to be like, oh, I'm bragging that I don't have a job. I was just saying that I don't have a job. So obviously the days run together. Well, I'm tired because I went to work today. So I did. Why you got to backhand me like that? Man? <laughs> well, fuck Randy, too, because he got to stay home and play Madden and do fun things while I was, you know, working for a paycheck. Yeah, mainly doing fantasy football stuff because you're already done with the one project you were working on. And I I made some new projects today, so <laughs> so, so now, I'll, right, I'll now you don't have now you don't have work for the next two months. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so you you've done you've done the entirety of your work for the rest of 2020. So now it's all fantasy football stuff. I wish, man. Fair enough. I wish. <laughs> all right. Well, somebody say something before we get into our stuff here. This okay. I thought you were the host, but all right. Uh... <laughs> Also, why do we not have a triple R today? I just noticed that. Because we just had one Monday. Yeah, we just had one. I guess we did have one. Listen, man. Hey, we're, man, we're I got, just, I got people that left us reviews clamoring on asking when their review is going to be on the podcast. It's just Adam. <laughs> it's just Adam. <laughs> and he'll be on the podcast before we even read his reviews. Uh, I, I'm doing, <laughs> to, to answer your question, Sean, I'm doing much better than this weekend. That's that's my question. That's my answer. Yeah, you were not. You, well, it wasn't as much Saturday, but I you learned great Friday night. I was doing fantastic Friday night till an unfortunate two minutes. Uh, shout out Nick Gotti on that one. Uh, <laughs> oof, it was rough. Yeah. But for fun those weekend. of you who don't know, it was Randy's birthday last weekend. So, and he, he came down on. He then I had these two idiots over on Saturday. For something that ended up being very um, anticlimactic, given the uh, we were basically we were supposed to be all in a draft together, and the draft turned to a slow draft, um, so we were kind of just sitting there. But Christian did lose a bunch of times, and then will be the show. Hey, so we, I, fair enough. See, I would say that the climax of the entire night was my freaking comeback down to my last strike in the bottom of the seventh in seven inning game. And I hit a freaking dinger, and then I followed it up with a two-run dinger. And so... After he was uh, already 0-6 on the night? Five, motherfucker. Six. Pretty sure you played Randy four times. And then you lost me, and then didn't you didn't play Brandon? Exactly. Okay, so you were 0-5. Yeah, and I ended up 1-5, dude. Rough start. Yeah, but I had to pitch it down the middle for you so you could have a shot. (laughs) I don't own a PlayStation. It's not. It don't matter. <laughs> skill is skill. Right. All right. So, um, as always, follow us at the Cut FFL. We are our content is going to be uh, more uh, ramping up here in the in the next couple of weeks. So be on the lookout for more articles, things of that nature. Probably no articles by me because I haven't written an article yet. Other yeah, than the, God, God forbid you do some with your day. Hey, man, <laughs> if I did an article, it would be why David Johnson is going to finish as a top 12 running back. Do it, Spoiler dude. I, I want you to do it. 
I, it's not going to happen. Dude. I'll come up with something. It's not going to be that. I'll try to come up with something. We'll, sp- we'll spell check it for you if that's what you're worth. Oh, so how many articles have you written, Randy? I uh, think four, three or four. You don't even remember. Yeah, because I just write so many. That's I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, you're right. That's Yeah, that's why. Shut up. You suck. <laughs> you wrote one. You wrote one when we forced you to. That's I don't want to hear no, from you. No, hold up. That was my idea. Uh, my the, the the mock draft contest was my idea. Okay. I don't care. Move on. See what happens, man. You guys, it, it, it's not me. It's not me. It's not me. It's you. I'm sure you've heard that a lot in your life, Christian. It's not you. It's me. I think that's how the saying is supposed to go. Sean, why would you say that when in this episode alone, you said our weekend, you invited both of us over and it was less climactic than usual. I sat here as a nice person. It didn't make the obvious joke that that happened all the goddamn time. But no, now you have to keep talking. It's not to go for it. I don't understand. Like, was that a gay joke? That's like a bad one. That's not a gay joke. That's people come over your house and it's very anticlimactic. I preface it with saying that we had something to do that didn't happen. God, I'm gonna cut all this out. I swear to God, can we just move on? <laughs> Again, it's not me. All right. So what we're gonna do today is we're gonna get into our A1 running back. Shut up. Let me talk. <laughs> so what we're gonna do today on this show is we're gonna get into our A1 running backs. We talked about the quarterbacks uh, a little bit ago. Um, we each picked two guys there. And we're going to do the same thing for the running back position. But first, I saw something on uh, it was a poll on Twitter uh, last week, and I thought it was um, an interesting question. And so we have a couple others that are kind of going to go along with it. But the first one, uh, they're all these are all going to be dynasty holds um, of two players at the same position. Who would we rather have on our dynasty team? As you guys know, I'm in 14 of them. You guys have, I think, three and three, maybe four. I don't remember how many you guys are in. I, I think I'm counting. up to five or six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess that does make sense. I know we have four alone. Um, so the first one, uh, Joe Mixon, who I recently traded to you, Christian. So it's yes. a fair question. Or Dalvin Cook, who I have the most shares of of any running back in all my dynasty leagues. So I'm not going to start. Christian, why don't you start with this one? Uh, I would actually go Dalvin Cook. Um, I just think that even if Dalvin Cook holds out, <clears throat> the the ceiling for Dalvin Cook year after year is going to be a little higher than Joe Mixon. And while I think Joe Mixon's definitely going to benefit from Joe Burrow being there and the offense being a little more dynamic, they've never turned to Mixon to be the workhorse three down. He's He's been somewhat of a workhorse but Gio Bernard still sees the field way too much um I I think Madison poses less of a threat to do that with Dalvin Cook so um I would fairly easily take Dalvin Cook and and hold him here yeah I'm gonna agree I I'm trying to find I had I had just seen a tweet um I know that they had gone back and forth between Mike Zimmer Dalvin Cook's agent um I I think it was the strength and conditioning coach had uh, it was, I think it was yesterday saying that um, he has like, he has personally talked to Dalvin cook cook's going to report. Like he's, I, I, it seems like that is now the consensus, whether or not his agent and uh, Mike Zimmer had differentiating quotes uh, that we saw over the weekend. Cook's going to be there. 
And the thing about Cook, which I wouldn't necessarily say for Mixon, yeah, Mixon is getting a better quarterback now than he's had in the past. Um, he They added T. Higgins, so there's going to be more weapons. The offensive line is going to get better. Um, but the thing about the Vikings is their whole offense is built around Dalvin Cook. It goes Dalvin Cook first, and then they branch it out to Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson. Um, so Cook is a guy that they clearly want because Mike Zimmer and Mike Zimmer just got an extension, which is probably great news. I mean, it is, it's great news for Dalvin cook fantasy owners because you know, Mike Zimmer's offense is going to be there for multiple years now. So if they do work on an extension for cook, you know, that cook is going to be their guy, the guy that they build around. So I, I am under the same, I'm in the same boat that because the Vikings offense is specifically based for cook and cook can do it running and he can also catch passes which joe mixon can do too but dalvin cook just has more upside yep 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 100 and it seems like the Bengals are already catering their team to joe burrow so again one's one team's catered to one guy one team is just a weapon on it and these are both guys that can potentially hold out and are going to have contract issues i believe starting next year is because they're both going to be guys in 22 that would be free agents. I think they're both under contract for one more season after this mm-hmm. one. I'm. I thought they were both up after this year, but were they the same draft? No. I think so, but I, I wasn't the whole argument with Cook. The fact that he didn't have any leverage because he's still under contract. Yeah, mm, perhaps. Okay, it's, then he is, so he is, Cook is going to be a free agent next year. I don't remember why, you had said it, Christian, I don't remember why he didn't have leverage, but. Uh, Lots of reasons. He's a running back to start there. Sure. Either way, we want Cook. Yeah. Even if it's just for this year or the next three, either way, dynasty running backs, you want the guys that have a chance to finish higher because they burn out quickly. Yeah, so they'll both, I, they were in the same class, they'll both be free agents next year. So there is some uncertainty there, but I would say of the two, I could see Cook more than Mixon getting re-signed. I could see, I think there may be a possibility that, that Mixon walks. Yeah. We'll see. All right, so uh, for wide receivers, um, these dudes are the same age, right, Christian? They're both 27. I know Lockett is. How old is Keenan Allen? Keenan Allen Okay, yeah. so same age receivers. Um, they both have I, Allen. It's the uncertainty of quarterback, but obviously that's only possibly a one-year thing. Uh, Keenan, it's the question is Keenan Allen or Tyler Lockett. Lockett, obviously, you have DK Metcalf waiting in the wings here. Um, who a lot of people think is going to eventually be the Seahawks wide receiver one, and then Keenan Allen is consistently undervalued, um, especially in dynasty leagues, even though they are the same age. Um, so. Randy, why don't you start with this one? Uh, for me, it's Keenan Allen. Easy. Number one wide receiver on his team. Only one that's a shot to be a wide receiver one out of these two. Uh, age is the same. I, obviously, Lockett has a better quarterback, but he has the young stud receiver trying to take his job. So uh, I think it's pretty simple to me. Especially, and people have name recognition for Keenan Allen as a top receiver where they don't necessarily for Lockett. Yeah, because it, it took it took Lockett a couple years to become what he is now. Um, and obviously they had Doug Baldwin. Um, that was the one 
until his knees just kind of gave out on him. This one is tough for me because I do think Lockett is, uh, even if he doesn't come back to uh, the Seahawks after he's done there, I do think that he could be a very, because he's a outstanding um, deep threat. Um, but I would probably lean the Keenan Allen way also just because Keenan Allen's already done it with multiple. I mean, Philip Rivers, he was out, he was outstanding, but um, Justin Herbert, I, I, I do believe that Justin Herbert is going to be good when he steps in there. And I think that Allen and Herbert can immediately build that rapport. Uh, Allen is going to be an undrafted free agent after this season, whereas Tyler Lockett has one more year on his deal. So the, if if people that lean Tyler Lockett would argue that he's got a better quarterback and there's more um, stability there with uh, Lockett being under contract, but I would still probably go Keenan also. I would take Keenan Allen. Um, I think Tyler Lockett does have some upside, but I, I think it's kind of going unnoticed how good uh, Mike Williams was last year. And it's a little scary um, with Justin Herbert being the quarterback he is, if he does reach his ceiling, which he very well could. Um, I think Mike Williams is probably the receiver. Yeah, I mean, if he he sits all year, he'll he'll reach his ceiling. But anyway, um, I think Mike Williams is probably the the receiver to own there. Same with DK Metcalf. So realistically, I wouldn't want to hold either of these guys. I'd love to sell both of them. I actually have both of these guys on one single dynasty team. Um, So hit me up for some trades, boys. but I think if I'm if I have to choose one that I'm holding, it's going to be Keenan because he's proven it year after year. That's good. Okay. Yeah, I, I get I totally get that about Allen or Lockett that there's not a ton like there's less upside than maybe some other guys, but it's it's definitely a fair argument. So let's do our last one here. Um, Josh Allen or Baker Mayfield. Am I going first? I don't want to go first. Randy, you go first. It's your turn. Oh. No, I, you know what? Randy went first last time. I'll go first. Okay. This one. So obviously, Allen has the rushing floor that Baker doesn't have, but Baker's been more accurate in the past than Allen has. Allen struggles at times. This is tough because <laughs> Allen is getting drafted higher in startups. But Mayfield, you could argue, has more upside in. He Mayfield has the better weapons to start with. Mm-hmm. And I see. I feel like if I pick Baker here, I'm going to kind of sound like a homer. You are, but that's okay. Because I'm also going to pick Baker, but I have a better reason. Okay. Well, then I'll go. Yeah. Whatever. Um, I would say Baker because. I do think Baker is a good quarterback and I think there's a reason the Browns took him over Josh Allen in the actual draft. I think Baker could eventually turn into a top 10 guy. So I'll, I'll lean Baker. Okay. My, my argument here is actually going to sound weird. So you mentioned Josh Allen's rushing floor. That makes Josh Allen the better fantasy quarterback, no matter what. Um, I think that, even I, I I guess like we talked beforehand about job security, blah, blah, blah. The thing is you can probably get more for Josh Allen right now anyway. Um, and if you don't believe that he's going to continue taking steps forward, 
which I don't necessarily like. I I don't know if that happens, but I don't know that it doesn't because Josh Allen has improved every year in the league. Um, of the two, Jesus. Um, but I think you can get more for Josh Allen, so I would sell him and hold Baker, knowing that Baker's value is low right now, based on last year. But see, that's that's my problem with the question. Like you're treating it as like a key trade cut, where it's not what it is. The where it's it's holds, yeah, right. So, but I'm saying I'd hold Baker because I think his value is higher later. Right. I see, you get what I'm saying. I and yeah, I disagree. But, so, oh, go ahead, Randy. So you're. I think it's Josh well, you, Allen pretty clearly, and I. I mean, it's literally just because it's rushing floor. Because he, you literally before we started, it was like. Josh Allen has pretty much sucked his his entire career, like as a pure quarterback. And yeah, it's true. That's why I told you it was going to happen before the draft while we were scouting. And it's just true. But he can still be a great fantasy quarterback. And we're we're t- the guy that finished number one last year can't throw f- and hit people for anything either. So guess what? Josh Allen's the better fantasy quarterback. It's just how it is. Baker Baker's probably going to be a QB one this year. So is Josh Allen. So, but that's, so that's part of my argument though. Like, but, but if, it's not, if it's, it's not, today, if it's today, wouldn't you rather hold on to Baker until his value hits that QB1 level later? I would rather Over. hold on to both because I'd rather hold on to the guy that's a top six quarterback. Yeah. Because you're never going to get the true value for that. Yeah, that's fair too. I get it. That's tough. That's a really tough one. And the only thing about Allen finishing as QB six, um, he so the nine rushing touchdowns. I, I I talked about it on the regression show. I had him in there. I can't remember if I actually finished up with him or not. But <laughs> sorry, I'm just laughing at the collar shaking. Um, Every episode, the nine. I feel like the that that number is going to come down. Um, because he, said, he had eight in his rookie year. So 10 incoming. I think it, there were some regression numbers to back that up. He had less yards. Yeah. Rushing. Yeah. He yeah. already he already aggressed rushing. He had more well, attempts, less yards, less yards per carry, one more touchdown. I think you also have to look, though. They acquired Stephon Diggs. They're going to give Singletary and Moss the ball a little bit more. I, I mean, maybe not in the red zone. Jesus Christ, Coda. Um, <clears throat> maybe not in in the five zone. I guess maybe that's still Allen because they don't. I mean, I guess Moss is a goal linebacker, but he's not. He's really not that. I mean, again, I I get I get the argument fantasy wise of why you would pick Allen over. And again, maybe it's just maybe it's just the fandom in me that I don't want to believe that Allen is going to be better than he's Baker. he's not going to be better than Baker. He is a but better fantasy be, quarterback. Yeah. Okay. Trubisky has been fantasy relevant. Tyra Taylor's been fantasy relevant. Fitzpatrick Damn, has been fantasy relevant. It Stop doesn't it. matter. <laughs> it's how it fucking goes. Okay, okay, Randy. I'm sa- I'm saying don't like I you 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 started at saying that you are a little bit biased for a homer. I'm saying don't be biased because who you think is going to be a better quarterback. You have to look at the fantasy numbers. That's why you, you take the guy that's a top top nine, top six. Just how you do it. I mean, I love Baker. He could finish that. But he's going to have to have an outstanding year and an offense that's going to run the ball a lot. Yeah. Fair enough. 
And I just took a different approach to it. You know. That's what okay. All right. Well, did not expect that to get that heated, but we're I, I'm just clarify. I like I, I, I you're you're saying valid things. I'm saying you're not wrong, but you can be wrong about this particular question. <laughs> you're not wrong, but you're kinda wrong. <laughs> it's I mean I, 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 we I, can say, I, I mean I, 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 I understand. Say, and yeah. it's, it's tough to want it's tough to lean Baker, but um yeah. I guess I just I don't know what his upside is, and while Allen already has it, I just am hoping that Baker's fantasy upside matches his actual quarterback upside. Um, all right, so let's take a quick break here, and then we'll get into the A1. All right, welcome back to our A1 running back episode of The Cut. Uh, we're going to get into our guys that we are putting our stakes in for this year. I'm going to start. I usually do. All right, look, I understand Adam Gase's offense are where fantasy players go to die. You guys both know I would be the first guy to say that. But my first running back is Le'Veon Bell. I've talked about it a couple different episodes. As bad as people thought Lev was last season, he really wasn't. Her fantasy data, he finished 23rd among running backs in yardage at 789. Had the 51st yards per carry of qualifying running backs at 3.2. Not great. That, that number's not good. Neither is the three rushing touchdowns that he had. But there's reason behind that. The Jets had the 28th rated offensive line per uh, pro f- football. What is that? What does PFF stand pro for? Football pro football focus. I thought so. Okay. I, for some reason, I thought it was pro football reference, but I know that that's where I got some I'm of this. I'm not out, so. I, I, I know. I know. <laughs> um, I got pro football focus and pro football reference mixed up. Anyway, 28th rated offensive line. New York had the second lowest scoring offense on a points-per-game basis in 2019. With all that being said, Le'Veon Bell still finished as RB16 in PPR leagues last year. He's going to get the passing work again because he's one of the best running backs in the NFL when it comes to receiving. He had the fourth most broken tackles on receptions behind only Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, and Cortland Sutton. So fourth most broken tackles out of anybody. He was sixth among among running backs in catch percentage. He finished eighth among running backs in receptions per game. Now, the Jets have made every effort this offseason to address their offensive line and how bad it was by drafting Mekhi Becton and using $40 million to re-sign Alex Lewis and go out and get four different offensive line free agents. Yet, and I'll get, I get it. Again, we talked about it before. Frank Gore is a thing. He's always going to be a thing. He's going to be a thing until the day we fucking die. But um, some people are worried that that's going to cut into Le'Veon's production. I'm really not. The Jets have 183 vacated targets and 91 vacated rushing attempts from last season because Ty Montgomery and Bilal Powell are both on other teams. Frank Gore, I think, is going to be more of like the line of scrimmage guy that Adam Gase puts in and wants to get a couple yards. He's already done it with Frank Gore in Miami, but that's going to allow Bell to get out in space where he is the most deadly, one of the most deadly running backs when he gets out in space. He's going as RB18 right now, but I think he can literally finish in the top 10, top eight. I, I mean, Christian and I posted our dark horses for who we think can finish as the top guy at their position. My pick for running backs is Le'Veon Bell because of the receiving upside and because I think he's going to be out in space much more than he was last year. Because despite Adam Gase not wanting to play him, Gase played him and Bell still produced last year. Yes. My only argument to this is if Lev Bell's taking targets, 
Chris Herndon's not going to get 183 targets. And so I think that's right. bullshit. Okay. Uh, All right. What is, what is your real <laughs> argument? Because uh, my only real argument is I think, Sean, you might be downplaying the impact of Frank Gore. Oh, it's um, very, that's 100% possible, but I just, I don't see it. I, I know. And, but you, all you have Remember to know Frank Gore was in Buffalo last season. Yeah, but you look back to the last time Gore was on an Adam Gase-led team, and he was the guy. Sure, but that was that was like you talk about. You want to talk about my next guy's age? That was four years ago. I'm not talking about your next guy's age. We're not getting into your next guy just yet. I need well, to. I understand that. I'm saying, but I'm saying that was four years ago of Frank Gore. Was it though? Was that the last time that he was? Because I'm almost positive Frank Gore. Was on the Dolphins. It was, it was two. It was two years ago, but he still got 156 rushing attempts. Yeah, man. I mean, I I know that there's only 90. I mean, there's 91 vacated rushing attempts. Um, I think Gore gets more, and so what does that mean for Lev's carry count? You know. But I mean, why do you think he gets more? Because he's always gotten more than 91. What's I mean, it? But he didn't get him in 18 or 19 when he went in to be a backup, backup uh, running back. I guess. I, I don't know. Well, and if we're talking about the carry counts, uh, they also drafted a running back pretty highly in P. Ryan, who does have a lot of upside, in my opinion. Uh, he's not the top of the class by any means, but he still could get, he still deserves to get a few carries of those 91. So that that's one of my concerns, Sean. For Bell. But the thing is, if he's anywhere, he just has to be a little bit more efficient, and it doesn't matter if he loses. Yeah, if he, scores, if, he if he scores two more touchdowns, I, I don't have the number off yeah. the top of my head. He could have jumped up to top 14. Yeah, so he can, he can stand to lose 30 carries and still keep all his passing work and just get three more touchdowns. Uh, but the, my, my major concern with Bell and why – He's falling like while I have to pause when drafting him is literally just because his line was so bad last year and it's not much better. And I know you said they spent a lot of money, but they didn't get the best people. So like, it's, I mean, but it's going to be better than it was last year. It should be in theory, and sometimes it doesn't always work out. Lines usually better with that kind of thing. Uh, but I I think like you said, I think he wasn't as good as he should have been last year if he just slightly improves back to that back to what he normally was even behind a slightly better offensive line and maybe 30 less carries he still should be finishing at least where he finished last year or maybe a spot behind so you're getting value exactly and he's never had i understand it's a different offense with pittsburgh but he he's not he was never the only time he was under three under four yards per carry was in his rookie season yeah so he's always been great in space like that yeah listen we're we're trying to poke the smallest holes in it because he is so good like that's we're we're trying to like point out the only think, possible flaws i think a lot of people are, Bell. and i think a lot of people are worried about him because of uh, they felt like he disappointed last year but he finishes rb16 yeah exactly well it's in you're not drafting him in the first round this year no right so exactly it's all good that's that's what i mean like yeah. you could poke as many tiny holes as you want He's still going as a value, even if it's just a two spot value right now. That's your worst case scenario. Like, I mean, I'll take it. 
I'll take it as my as my RB three, or if you're going heavy, even maybe even four. And one of these, and one of our supporting arguments here are guys that where they're going right now, we believe they can eventually they can be league winners if things go right. This is absolutely how I feel about Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, and and I think things the pendulum tends to swing um, pretty drastically, and no one can ever find a middle ground. Like Lev shouldn't have been drafted as highly last year, and he shouldn't be drafted this low this year. So. Next year is when we'll find the middle ground, hopefully. <laughs> Doubt it. All right. <laughs> yeah. Europe next. All right. So, of course, I have to start with my boy Ronald Jones um, because you'll never hear the end of it from me about Ronald Jones. In 2019, we know. We know. Will. <laughs> Until he's retired. It, honestly. Well, no. Until he flops and I'm wrong. But I won't be because I'm, so, I'm never wrong. Six months from now. Fuck off. No, two years from now. Um, (laughs) All right. So in 2019, Ronald Jones played 36.4% of his offensive snaps for the Bucs. He finished as the RB25. Let that sink in. He finished as the RB25 last year. Rushed for 724 yards, over four a carry, six touchdowns, and he had 31 catches. He was 23rd in the NFL, the whole NFL in defense adjusted yards above replacement. He was by far the most explosive running back on the team. Um, If you go back and watch the games, Peyton Barber looks like what you would expect Peyton Barber to look like. But with the narrative that surrounds Ronald Jones, you'd think that he was fucking molasses out there. No, Ronald Jones was extremely explosive with all of his carries. Um. Everyone wants to to hop on the Keyshawn Vaughn train, and I know that's slowed down a little bit lately, and Ronald Jones has gotten more hype, partly because Jason Moore of the Fantasy Footballers has flipped his script, and now he's more into Rojo. Um, but I'm telling the Keyshawn Vaughn lovers to shut the fuck up. Um, Keyshawn Vaughn was a third-round running back. He graded out as my RB11 in the class last year, so I don't hate him by any means. I think Keyshawn Vaughn's a very good running back. Well, I'm just kidding. Well, you would think I do because of my love for Ronald Jones. Um, Coda, are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding? Hi, Coda. So I don't hate Keyshawn Vaughn, but I hate the notion that a third-round pick is going to surpass a guy that was running back 25 on less than 40% of snaps. Ronald Jones, I know you guys like to make fun of me because of how much I like um workout videos in the off season. That's not the only reason we like to make fun of you. That's accurate. I know. Um, I get it. I'm bald, but Ronald Jones has been grinding this off season. And the thing is my, my love for Rojo started well before the workout videos and the workout videos haven't actually been beneficial to Ronald Jones. You see like body catches and shitty routes <laughs> and he, and maybe it's because he's added 15 pounds, 20 pounds to make sure that he can handle the workload that I fully expect him to get. Um, the narrative that, that goes around and, and that's why like the workout videos kind of fuel this is that Ronald Jones can't catch, right? Yes. No. So he was 25th in catch rate among all NFL players at 77.5%. And he was 19th among, among running backs. He was, 35th among all running backs in total catches despite playing on primarily running downs and again playing less than 40 percent of snaps rojo is going to finish as a top 20 back 
There's absolutely no question in my mind about that. I don't know how high he'll finish, but I know it'll be at least RB20 or better. Um, He's being drafted as RB30 right now, and that's just a slam dunk. Um, He's probably one of the best value picks you can get. So scoop up your Ronald Jones. I've been acquiring him everywhere. I have literally every share of Ronald Jones. So if I'm wrong, I'm going down with it, but I won't be because Ronald Jones is good at football. I get I get this. I, I've never understood Vaughn ahead of Jones and redraft. Dynasty, I get. I understand because I understand like the age difference, but I can see why people would favor Vaughn in that aspect. But I think I'm probably not the only one that would bring up this concern. The concern is we know how Bruce Arians is. Regardless of these numbers, these are great numbers, I would agree. This could be valuable. If he didn't get better in pass protection, he's not going to see the field. That number is going to stay where it is. So the upside is capped if he didn't get better at blocking. Right, and that's a fair argument, but finishing his RB25 on that workload and then losing the guy that primarily took the workload away from him last year in favor of a rookie, I think even if he sucks at pass protection, which is very, very possible, could still happen despite the weight he put on, even if he sucks at that and Agumba Wale is the guy they roll out there or Vaughn, uh, but probably Dare, um, I, you still have upside with him because. No, absolutely. And the thing too is they were in on Devontae Freeman until he said he didn't want to go there. So they were trying to get another guy because mm-hmm. I don't know if they're necessarily sold. I, I think as an RB3, I am a full send Ronald Jones because if I already have two guys that I can rely on, if Jones, if I take Jones and he can get to the upside that you're talking about, it's a league winner in that aspect because he's your every week flex and like, and that can help the, and you look at Ronald Jones too. Like the, the RB 25 is kind of surprising. I think to our listeners and just people in the industry, because I mean, the dude only had two weeks all of last year where he was over 20 fantasy points in a given week. So it was more, it's more of the consistent basis. I don't necessarily know if this dude does have the top 10, top 12, top 14 upside, but I can see a scenario where you take him as your third running back. You're starting him a lot of weeks as your second guy, and, he, and you can win because of that. So I get this. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think that he has top 12 upside. And I'm probably the biggest Ronald Jones truther I've ever seen. Like, (laughs) I mean, I go on Twitter a lot. We engage with the community and there are some Rojo lovers, but I'll tell you what, like me having him, I think I have him as RB 18 and that felt low. Um, I think he's like probably ceiling is like 15 though. Sure. Okay. That's fair. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but I can definitely see where you would come with up with that number. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in in my biggest concerns, I've been on the record about is I I don't think he's well, he's no he's not the best pass catcher on this team, he's not the best cat, pass blocker, uh, and we still have to see improvement in that aspect because season hasn't started yet, and we've also never seen him play at this weight, so I I yeah. do I do have some worries about that as well. I hope he becomes more well rounded because of it, but we'll see. They did draft Keyshawn because they like him. I don't think he's going to have a huge impact this year, though. Which is which is why I think that in in Dynasty, I understand why the narrative is kind of flipped. 
Yeah, and see, that's the that's the thing. Like you said, Christian, Keyshawn's cooled off as we gotten into July here. That's because we're we've already gone through all the dynasty drafts, and that's mm, why right. Keyshawn was so high in people's boards. It's a right. dynasty. It makes sense. Yeah. All right, Randy. All right. Uh, surprise, surprise. My first one <laughs> is going to be James White. <laughs> going to be very shocked for everyone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's going currently at about RB32, picks 73 to 77 overall. Uh, so seventh round. He finished the last two years as RB7 and RB18. Uh, obviously, he was a favorite target of Tom Brady, as well as Gronk and Edelman and all the other people in the past. but. Those are the most recent guys. He was criminally undervalued with Stidham, who was a quarterback that, at coming in, as let's be real, basically a rookie, uh, was going to need, without any real tight ends of value, a checkdown guy uh, that to rely on, and that was going to be James White. And, I mean, as we know, there's no true starter yet, but let's be real, it's probably going to be Cam. Uh, that's better for him, in my opinion, because not only is he going to be one of the leading targeted guys on the team, but now you have a hyper-efficient quarterback throwing to the running back, a guy that likes to throw to the running back. So I think that only increased him even higher from what even we had him earlier in the year. Uh, So I am very excited for him coming into this year. Let's talk about last year, though. Last year, he was PFF's fifth highest receiving grade of all of the league. That's wide receivers and running backs. So that's shocking. It's not it, he is he is hyper efficient with the ball. The passing game, he gets enough work done in the running game to keep the value there, have rushing touchdown upside to pair with his passing work. Uh we only play PPR for a good reason. Uh and <laughs> this is one of the guys that is always considered a PPR monster, but somehow always goes this late in drafts. It makes no sense. He's the guy that's always a running back too that I mean, let's be real, he's finished as an RB1 before, but he's always running back two that gets drafted as an RB3, 4, 5, 6, 7. On a team, depends what your strategy is there. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I really love him. I always try and target him on my team. He's a guy that you know what you're going to get. He's going to give you that solid baseline, but always has that boom and bust target area for you. Uh, let's go over the Patriots, who throw the running back a ton over the last, what? What is that? Four years? They have always been top five in targets to the running backs. And then we start talking about how we're bringing in Cam Newton, who <laughs> the running back that Cam Newton has been hyper-targeting is Christian McCaffrey. And that's the only person that James White trails and targets. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. He is literally the CMC light, and that is a not <laughs> far behind light in the passing game. He is really a receiver that is just perfect at running uh, routes out of the running back position, and he has always been a stud, and he's going to continue that. And that only gets better with a guy in Cam Newton who loves to throw running backs. He is also a monster in the red zone. <laughs> he only trails Michael Thomas in the last two years and targets in the red zone. He does a really good job of getting touchdowns with those opportunities. I believe he had 34 yeah, 34 in the last two years with 12 touchdowns. It's a pretty good conversion number. Obviously, when most of those are going to be swing passes and not just straight slants like someone like Michael Thomas would get or a fade route. So we're talking 
two two sets of people in Cam and James White that pair perfectly perfectly with each other. <laughs> uh, that's going to make a perfect storm for this Patriots offense. And let's be real, going to be the key contributor when they get down the red zone. And I, everyone knows that he's going to like working with uh, Edelman. Everyone knows and expects him to be good working with uh, Nikhil Harry, but the guy that no one wants to talk about because he's always undervalued is James White. And I think he has every shot and almost a guarantee to be a top 20 running back this year. Ooh. No, that's, it's, it's true. <laughs> I mean, you got Cam, Cam, 26 and 24% of his targets the last two years he was healthy. The running backs, red zone, 26% to running backs. I guess the only question becomes how many, like, what is the snap share between him and Sonny Michelle? And if they decide that they want to start seeing what Damian Harris can do, James White, I think he had 40.7% target uh, snap count last year, RB18. Christian, Christian, Christian seems like he has a question, but he hasn't like formulated it. No. Um, so I, I've been trying to figure out what I can pick from this, like nitpick the way we have with each other's and not, there's really not much. The only thing is that the breaking news just came across. It's Monday night. We're recording. Uh, Marcus Cannon just opted out of an NFL season. So that doesn't really matter for James White, though. I mean, it matters a little bit for Cam Newton. Oh, my God. I'm not playing with you right now. Well, and that's the thing. There was a time we were getting closer with Stidham right before Cam signed that James White started to move upwards. Then they signed Cam, and people moved him back down because they were, they were like, oh, Cam's a rushing quarterback, so there won't be as many opportunities for the running back. But they don't look at the actual numbers. Yeah. And, and I will say the the nitpick thing I'll do myself, all these targets to running back, best running back in football. Yeah. So I mean, it, it is, White, it is right, a step back. White and McCaffrey aren't in the same level, but again, the, the, but the narrative the, is there. In the passing game, it is close. Sure. And the narrative is there. Um, I guess, like, and once you get past. Once you get past Edelman, who knows what the Patriots really have what, receiving-wise. Honestly, for me, what it really boils down to is he's a guy that's always been reliable. He's going as RB32. For me, it's a top-20 finish. So you get an immediate value, an extreme value at that. Uh, and he's most like your RB4, 5, or 6 on your team, depending on your strategy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's insane. No, definitely fair. Um, I, I could see it. All right. Knuckles cracking. cracking you picked that, that up on your mic this time. Did you? Nice. Yeah. Proud of you. I have a, I have a question. It's rhetorical, so don't answer. I'm going to answer. Why are people treating David Johnson like he's fucking Peyton Hillis, non-2010 Peyton Hillis? He's 28. And people like Christian, maybe not Christian, maybe he's just doing it to joke around. They're saying he's washed and he's got nothing left. He's 28 years old and he was, hang on, the RB9 
two years ago. Two years ago was the RB9, and people are acting like his dominance was before Sleeper was even an app. I I, I, I don't get it. I don't. (laughs) So, yes, on the surface, David Johnson was bad in 2019. But when you dig deeper, again, like Bell, he really wasn't. Through the first eight weeks of last season, you guys know what RB what where he was? He was RB ten. He was an RB one in the first half of last season that also included getting hurt after one carry week seven and not even playing week eight. So through eight weeks, when he only played six of those games, he was an RB one. People look at the second half of last season when he had the ankle injury as to why he won't be anything close to the guy he was before. And again, I don't get it. Yeah, it looked like he had given up towards the end, but the Cardinals had traded in or had traded for Kenyon Drake right around Halloween, I believe. I might, yeah, that sounds right because I, I, whatever. Okay. That's not important. Um, but Mediocre. They, they clearly had no intention of keeping David Johnson, so they didn't care anymore. Cliff Kingsbury didn't care anymore. They moved on to Kenyon Drake. David Johnson has also moved on to greener pastures in Texas. That doesn't make sense, but it's all right. Pastures, Texas. I know, but are they really greener? Seems like a lot of the grass would die. <sighs> why, yeah, why, are you, why are you? Whatever. For are that. You? Honestly, I'm sorry. It was for that. No, <laughs> Just I, the I, look I, you gave I, me. I understand. I understand. All right. So last year, Houston finished ninth in the league in rushing with Carlos fucking Hyde. Carlos Hyde, and they finished ninth in the league in rushing. Before David Johnson got hurt, he was on pace to finish with over 1,600 total scrimmage yards. I don't always believe in coach speak. We always like to talk about that a lot. And, and, but in, this, in the case where Bill O'Brien thinks that David Johnson is going to be a third down running back, three, I'm sorry, three down running back, I believe him. Guys like Arian Foster, Lamar Miller, and Carlos fucking Hyde are three guys who have who have had over 250 carries for Houston in the Bill O'Brien era. David Johnson is also insanely good in the passing game, which he's shown year in and year out, and finished fifth in yards per target and seventh in yards per reception in 2019 among running backs. He also gets to play with Deshaun Watson, who is a much better quarterback than he's played with in the past. I, I now I know what you're going to say. You're going to ask me, oh, Sean, how much do you think Duke Johnson is going to cut into David Johnson? Let me answer your question with a question. No. So there's clearly a path. I don't think you know how questions work. (laughs) (laughs) But for me, there's clearly a path for David Johnson to finish top 12 because he's done it. He's consistently done it. He was going to do it again last year if he didn't get hurt. Right now, you can get him as a back-end RB2, go do it. Just do it. All right. All right. Let me have it. (laughs) So my main two things. So you take an eight-game sample. Randy yells at me for doing the same shit for Matthew Stafford, and we're just going to brush that off like that didn't happen. Well, yeah. You know why I take that eight-game sample size, Christian? Why? Because – Please tell me. He, he also finished as RB8 his rookie season, RB1 in 2016. He only played one game in 17, and he finished as RB9 in 18. So it's not like it's unheard of that he's done this before. Sounds like Russell Wilson, but that's a side note. Um, 
Um, so my other thing that you mentioned is Carlos Hyde. So Carlos Hyde has actually been better on the ground than David Johnson his entire career. David Johnson is not a good running running back. And I know we get to a rushing running back. I know we get into this, this rhetoric. We had a nice long argument about Austin Eckler um, off air, but David Johnson has perennially been under four yards a carry. And so you look at what Carlos Hyde did last year, where he averaged 4.37 a carry and got over a thousand yards. David Johnson's only gotten over a thousand yards. I want to say once or twice in his career. I mean, what, what was one of the other bullet points that I talked about? I don't know. I barely listened to you. It's that wild that I'm might be true. And I, I think people underestimate David Johnson as a runner, but I get it. Like he's one of the best pass catching running backs in the league. And that's not, and I don't see why that would change. So I mean, I, go ahead. I, so I, I want to, there's two things I want to point out with that exact point. Duke Johnson is very, very good in that aspect, and they used him heavily in that aspect, mainly because Carlos Hyde couldn't do it. Uh, and you, it was just, it was really bad timing because I just happened to be looking at Carlos Hyde's stats and stuff when you brought up that Carlos Hyde did all this in two years before David Johnson was a top eight running back before he got hurt. And just so happened Carlos Hyde was a top ten running back two years before he got to Houston. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. And he ended RB30 last year, even with over a thousand yards. He had 10 I, receptions. I say, I, and I, and I brought up both of those points to say that I believe David Johnson had over 30 receptions in his very limited work last year. Yeah. He had, 30, he, he had 36. He averaged again, he averaged 7.8 yards per target, 10.8 yards or 10.2 yards per catch. That's yeah, what the rookie so, quarter. That's that's what I mean. Where we do have legitimate concerns with him running the ball, and this offensive line, let's be real, wasn't all that great. Uh, it, it does get better every now, and they did trade for Tunsil. I get all that, but still not amazing. Uh, receiving targets went away, so maybe there's more running back targets to go around. But we're saying, like, even if he isn't extremely spectacular in the running game, which he usually isn't, even at like three point seven yards a carry. He still gets probably over hundred, yeah, exactly. over nine hundred yards. We'll say five to six to seven touchdowns on the ground, because uh, Duke Johnson isn't a goal line back, uh, and he's gonna get probably forty plus catches. Yeah. So plus, I mean, while I, like to, while I like to poke fun at the guy, especially at your expense, that's a good workhorse load. Yeah. Because yeah. Duke's not getting two hundred carries. I mean, David no. Johnson's getting two thirty plus. But how much of a how much of a backseat do we think Duke's going to take? I know Sean, your opinion on that's irrelevant because you're very biased. Well, I'm does, biased, but I think I don't think it's going to be a full on backseat where David Johnson gets all of the passing work. But I do think David Johnson is going to get a fair share of the passing work too. I do uh, think he gets into that. I mean, you can, and, but and you, I do think there's a real there's a realistic shot that Bill O'Brien starts running two running backs on the field at the same time a la Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. Could but like, yeah. like the C squad of Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. True. Sure. And, and we're also, again, we're talking about they're going to have to throw the ball, obviously. Uh, their major, major receiving targets gone. You brought in Bernie Cooks. Great. 
You have Will Fuller, great. They have 214 have, vacated targets. You have yeah, Kenny Stills, great. You have Kiki Cutie, great. They all might not even receivers. have Kenny Stills. We don't know if Kenny Stills is going to be suspended true. for getting arrested. Sure. That's true. And all, But even if he isn't, all four of those receivers have injury concerns. Right. And, but and, also, and, for the record, two years, David Johnson David Johnson finished in uh, over four yards per carry twice. It was in his first two years, but in those two years, he finished his RB8 and RB1. Then he was hurt. Then he finished with 3.64 yards per carry. And even with that, he finished his, his running back nine. Yeah, Yeah, but there's also a a difference in how the team uses their number one running back. Like, David Johnson was always that. He was always a pass catcher for, I mean, fuck, was it Carson Palmer for a good chunk of time? And then... I mean, it was Sam Sam Bradford. I don't think think he... I, I mean, I don't know if Palmer played in 15, but I don't know... I don't think he did. Either way, it was basically scraps uh, of quarterbacks. And then last year when David Johnson did it, it was when Christian Kirk was hurt. And so they had no receivers. And so the running back targets went. I mean, they had receivers, but they were all dog shit. Andy Isabella sucked ass last year. Hakeem Butler was on the IR. Keyshawn Johnson. Yeah, all all of the receivers. Hang Hang on, Christian. Christian Kirk played the first four weeks. David Johnson only played the first six. Christian Kirk had 93, 93, 92, and 94% of the snaps the first four weeks of the season last year. So I, I don't, so that's not, I don't think that's right. And week five and six were David Johnson's two big games, right? Well, yeah, but he only had three catches week five and six catches week six. He had eight catches week four, six catches week three, week three and six catches week one. Okay. So. I'm mistaken there, but either way, I think it's a difference in how the RB one on the team is used. Um, and I, I, I agree and, with that. But again, if guys like Lamar Miller and Carlos Hyde, maybe not. I mean, I, I know Arian Foster started to lose a little bit down the stretch, but I don't, I don't think that David Johnson is far and away worse than those guys when it comes to running the ball. And, oh, and those so, guys have had thousand well, yard seasons under Bill O'Brien in yeah. Houston. He, he's clearly worse than running than Aaron Foster was, but Carlos Hyde is more of a grounded pound. Uh, David Johnson probably was at least a little bit more explosive, not as explosive as Lamar Miller for sure, but probably better in between the tackles runner. So it kind of it balances out. That's that's what I'm saying. Like we're we're picking at the major things for him. He's obviously looked awful last year uh, after injuries when he was supposedly 100. Uh, percent Everyone saw him basically gave up. So, plus, like, he, like, but you explained that was he was done with that situation. They were done with him. We got a fresh mm-hmm. start on a coach that's dumb enough to make that trade. So he clearly believes in DJ. Yes, and he only had and he, in those in those eight weeks, he only had two rushing touchdowns, and he was still the RB ten. And he only had, I mean, he only had five total touchdowns. He had three receiving touchdowns. And yeah, he was still that high. So it's not like he had some nuts like touchdown pace that he had in eight weeks that he couldn't replicate. Yeah, Sean. Sean, what's his current ADP? No, I had it as RB twenty two, I believe. Twenty two. Okay. Uh, See, I'm that's... sorry, RB twenty one, just ahead of Jonathan Taylor and Devin Singletary per Fancy Pros. I mean, I'd rather have him than JT this year, but I'd rather have him than Singletary. Also, I wouldn't. I. It's fun. It doesn't matter. I, I was I was more curious than anything. No, I understand. But, but yeah, and, and I, I, it's it's weird because 
it's it's so strange that that that's kind of the average I've seen with so many people on your side, Sean, thinking he has a shot to be like top fifteen this year, top twelve for some reason, which I don't think that's possible. Uh, but then there's other people more like Christian that think he's gonna. Obviously, I don't think Christian thinks he's gonna be this bad, but I've seen people have him like as RB like thirty four, thirty five. Yeah. I just, think it's just track record for my side because in the years that he's played 16 games, he's never not been an RB1. Yeah. Well, see, that's a, even if even if we we're accounting for some ankle injury and he plays 13, he's probably he's almost guaranteed to get over 700 yards, probably th- over 30 catches, mm-hmm. probably five to six touchdowns in that for both. Like combined, yeah, and, that, and that's like, and that, and that's his absolute floor. I think that's what I mean, and that's yeah. and that's probably what RB like that can put him in like yeah six twenty five seven. So that's Could, you're saying your absolute floor. You're you're barely losing any value. And again, again, these are about guys that we think if things go right, they can be league winners. Yeah, David Johnson can absolutely be a league. Well, yeah. that, that's what I was making the point of. His current ADP is more towards his floor than his ceiling. Right, exactly. I don't care. In the drafts we do, feel free to pass on David Johnson because I will scoop him up everywhere. Well, don't worry. We will. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Christian, round two. Yeah, Sean, so you talked about guys with proven track records. Let me give you one of those in Todd Gurley. Um, So when I first wrote this, Todd Gurley's ADP was actually RB25, which was fucking insane. Um, And I'm talking like... That's that was a week fucking, ago. Yeah, that's fucking insane. So Todd Gurley is rising up boards. Um, he's he's currently at an ADP of RB fifteen. Damn, I still, that's a ten jump in like five days. Yeah, man. I don't. Wow. I don't know what's going on with Todd Gurley, but um, I, we've seen it, it was, even in our mocks. It was the fact that he comes out and says, "Oh, well, I'm going to opt out if they don't figure out the protocols." Oh, they figured out the protocols. Let's all go draft Todd Gurley again. Right? Yeah. Um, I still think RB15 is pretty asinine because his fantasy finishes every year of his career: nine, fifteen, one, one, three, fourteen. Um, it, I don't know why I've left a one out there. I know he was <laughs> he was one of the only guys to repeat as the number one overall running back in fantasy. But anyway, he's coming off of a year in which he had an extremely decreased workload. He posted his lowest carry total ever, and he was seldom used in the passing game, having just 31 receptions after having uh, somewhere upwards of 60 the year before. Um. But but Christian, he was inefficient. Shut the fuck up. No, he wasn't. He ran behind the league's worst also, offensive line. For our listeners, for the record, these aren't our questions. Like Randy and I didn't put these questions in, and then Christian's telling us that. He's just yeah. answering his own rhetorical questions with that yes. statement. Okay, go ahead. Why yeah. are bald people always so angry? <laughs> <laughs> because this episode has taken two hours to record, <laughs> and we're still not done. Um, No, but he... he I know it's definitely mostly mine. Uh, so Todd Gurley ran behind the league's worst offensive line in 2019. I don't care what the metrics say. They were fucking trash. Um, they might not have graded out to be the worst offensive line because there are still teams like the Browns uh, who just cannot figure out their offensive line till 2020. Um, but Todd Gurley still managed 3.84 a carry. 
He had nearly 900 yards, and he had 12 freaking touchdowns in 15 games. They finished this our all offensive line 31. So it's not like it, like yeah. it, yeah, they were Good the 31st enough. behind only or ahead of only Miami. That that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, the eye test, I would give the the nod to Miami anyway. But anyway, once again, he is now behind one of the best offensive lines in the league. And I feel as though he's the only viable running back option. I know Brian Hill and Ito Smith are getting some some buzz for whatever fucking reason. Brian Hill is it's weird, man. And and so to preface this, I passed on Brian Hill and Ito Smith to take uh, Quadriolison because they're both not good at football. Exactly, and Quadriolison actually has touchdown upside he if was, he Gurley was goes down. So decent enough, yes. Yeah. So as my handcuff, I picked the third guy that's getting no buzz. Um Devontae Freeman last year. So let's let's bring it back. Let's bring it back one year. Devontae Freeman received five targets per game. And so Gurley average or he had thirty one receptions across so he had less than two receptions per game. Devontae Freeman had five targets per game and of course running backs catch at a rate of seventy to eighty percent typically. Um so you're looking at a a huge receiving work um that's just gone. Devontae Freeman's not there anymore. And Gurley's a better receiving back than Devontae Freeman. Todd Gurley's snap percentage might sit in the 80s or 90s based on the fact that his backups are dog shit. And all this man has ever done is produce. He's in an offense that's going to be trailing a ton. I get that. So he's going to have touchdown regression. But the the Falcons' defense is complete dick. Like it, there There isn't a worse defense on paper, I don't think, in the league. And so their offense is going to be playing from behind. They're going to be throwing the fuck out of the ball, and then they're going to get into the red zone, and Matt Ryan is shit in the red zone. So maybe you don't see touchdown regression because as soon as Todd Gurley gets inside the 10, he's getting the ball because Matt Ryan's going to throw an interception. The only reason you'd fade Todd Gurley, and I'll, I'll start picking at this already, is his health. If you don't believe in his health, if you don't believe in that knee, then you're fading Todd Gurley because obviously the Rams did, right? He's missed a total of seven games in his five-year career and only three in his last 32 games. Maybe that's because of the decreased workload. Maybe taking on a a larger workload again is going to put him on the uh, injured reserve. I don't think so. I think he can handle it because of the, the decreased workload last year. If you hammer Gurley in your leagues this year, you're getting a potential top 10 back being drafted as RB15. Um, obviously, like I said, he's rising up. You're still getting value. If you draft him now, you are still getting value. And so Gurley's on a lot of my teams. That's all. I mean, let's, you don't have a lot of redraft, but I know you target him in Dynasty, but uh, like you haven't drafted a lot of redraft yet, have you? No, I have not. But let's be honest, the Falcons are going to run him into the fucking ground because they have him for one year. What do they care? Degener- degenerative knee issue or not, they're going to run him into the ground because why the hell wouldn't they? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess you could say that or you could say it really is like a one-year tryout and they plan to extend him um, no. and offer him a contract next year. But 
I mean, he's a I guy think, that deserves a big contract. He got it already. No, he is. I but I don't think that's going to be the Falcons' mo. I think they're just going to give him as much work as he can. I mean, it, the question you, I mean, you addressed it. The question becomes: Were the Rams just overly, overly, overly cautious last year with Gurley's knee, or is it something to actually be worried about? We yeah, don't know, and we're not were, going to know. They were very overly cautious to start the year, and Gurley still, even with touchdown aggression because they were too cautious and they were too cautious in the receiving game until the end of the year. He still finishes RB14 because he is hyper, hyper efficient in the red zone. Mm-hmm. He is going to get touchdowns. That's You were sitting there like, yeah, you can maybe expect some red zone aggression. I was just shaking my head vigorously like, no, not a chance. <laughs> this, dude, well, this dude guaranteed 10 plus touchdowns a year has every shot to get 20 or above. Yeah, I guess the reason I initially brought up the touchdown regression is because the Falcons don't traditionally like to hand the ball off, like, at all. I mean, they're going to throw over 600 times. I've said that on here. That's why I love Calvin Ridley this year. But that, Christian, that that's on its own show. We don't need to address that now. That's true. I will be talking about that soon. But, yeah, I mean. You have Calvin Ridley ranked over Julio Jones. Well, we don't have to bring it up now, dude. Um, no, but 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 Gurley, they're not going to hand him the ball three hundred times. I don't think. I, no. I, I I think you're looking at two two fifty, and with his efficiency, that's a top ten back. That's potentially a top five back, and that's potentially the RB one. So, so biggest thing for me is Gurley's better than Freeman. We can just sit there and say that now. Significantly, uh, yeah. Freeman last year in fourteen games. Uh, finishes RB20 with only 184 carries, under 700 yards, two touchdowns, and then 70 targets, 59 receptions, over 400, and four touchdowns through the air. So I can almost guarantee Todd Gurley gets probably over 200, I'd say 225 carries, maybe a yep. couple more, probably eight to 10, eight to 12 touchdowns on the ground. Just and if he gets seventy targets and forty to fifty receptions, that's that's insane. He's gonna get three or four touchdowns from that, just like Freeman did, and he's gonna be. I mean, his worst case scenario is probably RB like eighteen. Worst. Case. Well, if if he got those those stats that you just listed off, that's a top yeah. five running back. I mean, I, I mean, I won't. I, I I I don't know about that, but I'm more saying like top six. Yeah. He he, it's guaranteed top ten. I'd say I won't. Oh. Yeah, but yeah, that's what I mean. Like he's he's always efficient for touchdowns. He's efficient pass catcher. He looked more explosive down the stretch last year when he finally got the ball given to him. I'm very excited for Ty Gurley this year. Yes, and that's why I loved our mock draft on Monday because Ty Gurley was our RB one, and we got him in the fourth. So, yep, yep. All right, Randy. Oh, it's my turn. Okay. All right, well. Yeah, we just all went. Well, well you guys both talked about guys that have proven in the past. Let me be the first to talk about someone who has not. Okay. <laughs> my second one. I actually kind of struggled because I really wanted to do Todd Gurley. I thought Christian was going somewhere else, but he didn't. Uh, so. I wonder I wonder who that other person Yeah, it was clearly Philip Lindsay. I thought he was doing that. Uh, I actually kind of struggled. I was deciding between like three or four guys for my second one. I went with Montgomery specifically because 
the other guys had a lot more injury concerns, and it wasn't just for those like, of you that don't know. That's David Montgomery. Randy didn't say the first name; he just said Montgomery. So that's David Montgomery of the Chicago Bears. Well, yeah, Go I ahead. assumed it was a tie, but yeah, it's David Montgomery. <laughs> so start off, he's going uh, RB twenty four. Uh, round pick 42 to 46. So fourth round, RB24. Obviously, a lot of running backs go early. So we're talking a guy that finished as RB24 last year in a year that people were very disappointed in him as a rookie. So we're saying the guy you're getting in at what people deemed his lowest point and ultra disappointing is where you're drafting him. That's immediate value for me, and that's people I target. And that's usually a boomer bust type candidate. That always hits. That's that's the guys that you really want to try and target, especially in this round of the draft, where you might have been able to balance your team a little bit, kind of divide it, get one running back, two receivers, two running backs, one receiver. Now, if you, this is your third running back, that is insane, and he could obviously be your fourth depending on your strategy. Uh so we're we're talking. Everyone's disappointed him in last year. Sweet talked about it on our last show where he felt dirty drafting him because he got burned by him last year. He got burned from an RB2. I want to point that out. Uh, <laughs> maybe don't draft him that high. That's more Sweet's thing than mine. Uh, <laughs> so I think it's almost guaranteed that he improves. Just specifically, he's a running back that is very good, especially at making people miss. Uh, the line, I won't say got better necessarily, but hopefully there's some improvement there. You hope there's improvement in the QB play. Uh, they don't have a ton of receivers in that offense. I mean, we're we're talking Allen Robinson, uh, Tariq Cohen's basically the wide receiver three, Anthony Miller's a wide receiver two, tight ends. Who cares until Cole Komet breaks out? Uh, <laughs> so it's a it's an offense for Nagy that truly needs a workhorse three down running back. And besides not getting an ultra amount of passes last year, David Montgomery did that workhorse role. He had 242 attempts for almost 900 yards, uh, only a 3.67 yards per carry, but that's not the worst. And you you can improve on that with a little bit better offensive line play and QB play. They were blitzing the crap out of him because Trubisky couldn't do anything. And then we're going with 35 targets, 25 catches. Let's say that improves to 50 targets, 40 catches. That that hypes him up already four or five spots at least without even discussing being a little bit better running the ball or possibly even getting more carries because there were a lot of times last year that he just didn't get the workload in games that he deserved. So Mike Davis. He, yeah, there there was players that Gross. should not have been getting the ball, Cordero Patterson, Mike Davis, that were running for no reason when you had this guy who was touted as a second coming of Kareem Hunt. That stays out of trouble. <laughs> uh, uh, and I talked about how he's great at missing tackles. Uh, he forced, he was eighth in forced missed tackles last year and 13 in missed tackles per attempt. He had very few explosive plays last year. And you combine that with his improved play that should happen this year. All those missed tackles should expect more explosive plays than they had last year. If he keeps that up and keeps improving, he's going to have those breakaway runs and more touchdowns for that, too. So he only had seven total touchdowns this year. Uh, Last year, I expect him to get at least 10 this year. So just because of all those missed tackles, it's going to be so hard for him to stay that inefficient and explosive plays. Obviously, Cohen's great receiving back, but we really need 
that offense really needs to see Montgomery get an increased role in the passing game to be as efficient as they can be. And really, let's be real, to have Nagy have a job next year. It's not going to be the QBs that win him these games. It's going to be David Montgomery and Allen Robinson. That's really in this defense, hopefully. That's really what's going to keep going. And I talked about touchdowns. He has very positive red zone touchdown regression working for him. He had 18 carries inside the five last year with only five touchdowns. That's below the league average for 17 carries in the area by 3.6 for touchdowns. Wow. So, damn. Even if he only gets one more touchdown, that jumps him up above this 24 value. So that's what I'm saying, guys. You're getting immediate value for your picks. That's what we do here. That's where we win. You're getting guys that are going <laughs> as RB24. And in a lot of cases, that's an RB3. If you don't play 12 team leagues, that's going to finish top 20 guaranteed. That's how we work. Plus, who the hell's going to take carries from him? Ryan Nall? No one. There's no one. No. They didn't draft anyone to take away touches from him. No, Tariq Cohen had 60 carries last year. He's getting over 250 rushes this year, most likely 40 catches plus. That is an ungodly workhorse potential that we don't really see except from like Steelers running backs, CMCs, Saquon, Zeke. Uh, we're talking the top guys is to get that kind of work. All right. And then we get a whole new offensive line coach, a whole new offensive coordinator that always feeds his primary running back on early downs. Now we have QB controversy. Trubisky likes throwing a little bit more, but he also does not throw deep well, so he's kind of the king of the dump off. So he did. He does work well with Cohen and Montgomery in that aspect. Full steps in. He's kind of more of a game manager, except in the playoffs. I'll say that. He does have that tendency to go deep then. But okay. he, will, he will throw a couple deep balls, but he definitely will keep them more in the game and dink and dunk around. And mm-hmm. without the hyper-aggressive tight ends that he had Philadelphia to throw to, it's going to the running backs and Allen Robinson on, the slot, uh, on slants. Yeah. So I'm... I see every every aspect of him getting, I would say he had a total of 267 touches last year. You should expect well over 267 touches. I wouldn't be shocked if he had 270 carries and got 40 catches this year. So you're getting him at a disappointing year, maybe at his worst, worst value ever at 24. Mm-hmm. I, I always get guys that are immediate impacts to my team. He's going to be a league winner. Randy, question. How high, if you had put together your own rankings, how high do you think he would be? It, like, what, it, what do you think his ceiling is, I guess? His ceiling with that many touches, his ceiling's an RB1. That's I, I think he's finishing this year top 20 for sure. I'd say between 14 and 17. Okay. Sean, do you disagree with that? Hmm. Not necessarily. Um, I could see him. Fi- I would, if I was doing it, I'd probably have him finishing in like the 18 to 20 range, but I mean, it's not a huge difference. So, yeah, and that I, that's gonna that's a difference of probably one and a half touchdowns, and that's the thing too, and that's the only thing that I would pick from from this argument is they did nothing to get better on the offensive line, and 
I know it doesn't matter as much with him because the increased workload and the touchdown, the the positive touchdown regression is going to even that out. But I don't know how much more efficient he can be with their lack of attention, I guess, to the offensive line. And I mean, they just skipped out completely, drafted some more defense, uh, did some stupid shit. So that's one of the biggest things I wanted to point out is let's say there's no improvement from quarterback play. Let's say there's no improvement on line play. Just the increased touch workload means you get value at 24. Yeah, that's true. That's the biggest thing. PFF had them ranked. Worst case everywhere else, he's going to finish his RB20. PFF had them ranked the 25th offensive line last year. Yeah. And I I don't see them getting above let's say let's say the 18th offensive i don't see them getting above that i'd say more like 25 to 22 probably it sounds right yeah yeah no i don't have much to poke at at this i mean i think i bumped montgomery up when you were talking so (laughs) i love how i love how i'm the one that gets all the shit from you guys about david johnson (laughs) well with good reason I picked yeah, perfect. and I had and I had good reason to follow back with you. I did picked, I pick perfect things to cover, so you guys don't know what to say. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what that's what Randy does all the time. I I also said that his worst thing was touchdowns with only seven, and I only said he was going to get like ten or twelve. So it's no, not like it's, I, it's not like I gave him a huge uptick. That's the whole no. thing. Again. I mean, we these are guys that we think where they're being picked right now is you could get value on them and they could be league winners. Christian's two guys were Ronald Jones and Todd Gurley, Randy, James White, and David Montgomery, and then myself, Le'Veon Bell, and David Johnson. Any honorable mentions? I would say one of mine I was fighting not to do was Darius Geis, just because he's going as RB34 right now. And if he plays a full year or even 14 games, he usually beats that. Mel, yep. Mine's Mel, Melvin Gordon, and I'm not doing that to spite Christian, but Melvin Gordon. All right. Yeah. yeah. Hyper efficient touchdowns as well. I'll be honest. I think Geis was on my list too. Um, yeah. But so we would have fought for that. Like we would have well, fought for Gurley if I didn't put it in there before you. But uh, no, Geis, I mean, I'm, I, I he's a top 20 back. Um, the, the biggest, and it's the same thing with Montgomery. I'll say the biggest argument is in the eighth round, RB thirty four. Doesn't that take all the risk of guys out of it for you? Yes. I mean, honestly, once you get past, let's say even the fifth, let's say fifth round is the last round he picks safe, safe because you want that sure for sure guy. You're going your best upside potential everywhere unless you oversold a position you need consistent guys to go along with that upside so getting a guy that is being drafted as an rb3 and rb4 in some leagues that could be a top 20 back if he just stays on the field so the guys going around him right now are james white at 31 ronald jones at 30 fuck fuck (laughs) he's behind both of those he is yes he's at 32 and then behind him are damian williams J.K. Dobbins, Keyshawn Vaughn, and Tariq Cohen. Cohen. Um, yeah. Cohen in PPR is, he doesn't, he does have the upside that guys has. I mean, Cohen is two years removed from being an RB1. 
He was the RB12 in PPR. But Geis, by, uh, other than Cohen, I would say he shits on the other guys' upsides. So at that and it point, did come out today. He did tweet that he was medically cleared for the 2020 season. Hell yeah, yeah it was. And I, I, expect, I expect, honestly, even though we did like try and shit talk Sean a bit, I expect huge things from all these guys. And they're guys going around people that I don't expect things from, which is the best part. Yeah, I agree. All right. Anything else to add, gentlemen? No, let's fucking go. Way too long already. Can't wait for this listener league draft. Yes, that will be on Sunday. So we will figure out the best way to bring that to you guys. We want to do some type of content for the draft. Um, So just be on the lookout for that. Um, So obviously this is coming out Thursday. So in a couple of days, Um, but just follow, stay, stay informed on our Twitter page. We will have some kind of news on what we're going to be doing, whether it's a, um, an episode or if we're going to figure out a stream of some sort, because the four of us are all involved, we will figure something out for you guys. Yes. Yes. draft forts. Yes. Those. Which we won't be using because we won't be able to get it in time and not everyone's around. Yeah. yeah, but we will also um, talk about our uh, armchair football league. Also, uh, we'll up- update you guys on that when whenever we do decide to draft for that league. That is a, a pretty big keeper league that um, the four of us, Brandon included, do with some friends from Cleveland State. So uh, we will be updating you. I, I'm excited. It's uh, it's about to be August. It's about to be uh, draft season. Um, I guess it already has been for me, especially, but those were dynasty drafts, but about to be a redraft draft season. So it sure is. I'm just excited, along with Christian, to beat the crap out of you two in front of all of our listeners. That's <laughs> you guys you guys keep saying that. Like you guys can continue to talk shit, but we'll see what happens when the season actually comes in. We're all gonna lose. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> We're all gonna make the playoffs, and my third place curse is gonna carry yeah, on to Randy. Randy. Just keep it. Just keep in mind, Randy, that while you have you've won leagues before, you also have Christian, who doesn't win. We're, I've won a league. We're also two years ago. I also won every league I was in. So I think you want to talk about a guy winning every league he's in, Randy? It's not you because you're in thirty. It's impossible. I won 10 last year. Um, 10 out of 72 isn't that good of a rate, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you had a good year last year. It's almost like you had people in your ear talking to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are the reason I won. I'm sorry, we'll talk to you guys next week. We gone.